Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. This is Hollywood, the most famous and most glamorous place in the world. I'm looking for limousine coming in. It's a place of dreams, hopes, and riches. People come from all over the world to see the stars who've given Hollywood its greatness. One of the best teams in basketball ever. Does America believe in magic? You bet we do. I like that. The King is back in Los Angeles, and so are we. Welcome into NBA Today. I'm George Sedano, in for Malika Andrews, joined by senior NBA writer for ESPN and Anscape's Mark Spears. Of course, ESPN, ESPN reporter Dave McMiniman also joining us in studio. So, guys, thanks for hanging out with us. Look, 24 hours ago, our own Adrian Wojnarowski reported on this show that LeBron James agreed to a two-year, $97.1 million contract extension through the 2024-25 season with the Los Angeles Lakers. So, Dave, we'll start with you. Can you shed some, shed some light on how this deal came to fruition? George, it was mutually beneficial for both sides to come to this agreement because LeBron James wants to be able to compete as he goes towards the final stage of his career for championships, and the Lakers want to reestablish themselves as a marquee destination for future free agents and also become synonymous once again with those banners that they have at the top of Crypto.com Arena. Now, the reason why you see this right now is it was a business decision by LeBron James. Him and his representative, CEO of Clutch Sports, Rich Paul, saw that there was an offer on the table to make $50 million when he's 40 years old. Business sense tells you you do that. And guess what? You can also do it while giving yourself an option just in case. That's options, not necessarily to have a uh, ejection seat button to get away from the Lakers. It's more so what happens with my family potentially joining the right. NBA? Yeah. What happens with a new CBA that comes into fruition when there's a new television deal and more money to be had? So that's just the maneuvering he did, and you do it now because let's get that out of the way and get back to basketball this season. One thing we all know about LeBron is that he's not playing checkers. He's playing chess, to your <laughs> point. So he's, moving, he's looking ahead, certainly, in a lot of regards. So, Mark, what does this deal tell you? I'm excited about Bronny James's future with this. Who's I mean, playing right now, I believe, in London as we yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, LeBron could opt out in 2024. I think that's something that hasn't really been talked about much. You see the hops from the young fella. He's ranked 39th. We got to move him up on the ESPN 100 list. We got a list of schools. We need to get LSU on that hey, list. Hey, hey, shout out but, to my guy, Paul Biancardi, who ranks those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hook him up, Paul. But it'll be the 2024 NBA draft. No matter what he does, college or G League Ignite is going to be so interesting because we've never had 
an NBA player play with his son. Right. You know, LeBron James idolized Ken Griffey. Yeah. And we, we had the opportunity to Griffey play with Griffey Jr. His and Senior, right, yeah. In Seattle. And yeah. so LeBron also can make history with this, the ability to play with his son. So what's going to be also interesting is where the Lakers select in that draft. If somebody would have the guts to select Bronny, um, could they use him as a trade chip? Because it's a business all of a sudden, oh, right? Yeah. Or could they be like, hey, LeBron, come play with him in New York? Yeah. Uh, you, you know, so there, there's a lot that is going to come in that draft. It's funny because I actually, over the summer, saw a Ken Griffey Jr. documentary on MLB Network, and LeBron was in the documentary talking yeah. about uh, what how he idolized Ken Griffey Jr., so that's fascinating. Now, what about the Lakers' future in regards to this particular deal, Dave? Like, what does that look like? So, George, the, the Lakers have been reticent to give up their future draft assets. 27 first-round pick, 29 first-round pick during this summer, and especially during this summer when they didn't have LeBron James under contract. But now that they have that commitment, it should get them off that stance where they're dead set against moving off those assets to try to improve their team. And this could re-energize the phone calls that Rob Palenka makes <laughs> to teams like Brooklyn or Indiana or Utah yeah. in order to get this team better in the short term prior to training camp in terms of, of getting the pieces around LeBron and AD to be more championship ready. But here's the deal. LeBron just wants to be in a situation where he can p compete for the playoffs once yeah. again. Yeah. Once he's in the playoffs, he feels like, I got a chance. More often than not, when he makes a postseason, he's in the NBA Finals. And so even if they don't make this major seismic trade between now and training camp, it won't be like LeBron is uh, digging his feet in and unhappy with the team. He recognizes that it could lead up until all the way to the trade deadline before that type of deal could occur. Dave knows this as well as anyone. Mark, you as well. When you're in the LeBron James business, yeah. you are absolutely trying to push every year to win a championship. That should be the goal. How do you see this situation? Well, the, the, the great Bill Plaschke didn't like it. Uh, LA Bill's Times. always mad about something. Yeah, every he, time he, I read he, one of those he headlines. Up. He beat it up. Interesting article <laughs> to read. But look, through the time of the Lakers being in Los Angeles, whether it's Jerry West, Wilt Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, you know, Shaq, Kobe, Magic, there's always been a marquee player here, yeah. and that continues with LeBron James. Even when Kobe's teams were bad, Magic had a couple bad years in the end, um, there was always a marquee player in L.A. There's always a box office player, and LeBron James will continue to allow that to happen for the Lakers. And speaking of box office players, look, whether or not LeBron will be able to help the Lakers raise their 18th championship banner is yet to be seen. But we do know that the franchise will be retiring the number 16 when they honor Pau Gasol at Crypto.com Arena on March 7th against the Memphis Grizzlies later this season. The late, great Kobe Bryant knew this day was coming way back in 2018. Take a listen. There, there's no debate. I mean, how when he retires, he will have his number in the rafters next to mine. Uh, the reality is, I don't win those championships without Powell. The city of LA doesn't have those two championships without Powell. So we know that. Everybody knows that. And I really look forward to the day where he's there giving his speech at, at center court in front of all the fans who have supported him over the years. So it's going to be an awesome night. So, Mark, it'll be the 11th jersey raised in the in the arena. Well, 12 if you Lakers. count Bill Russell. Well, right, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, so 13 if you count Chick Hearn. Chick Hearn, that's oh, true. Yeah. Excellent point. Yes, there's the microphone up there. So what were your thoughts? What was your reaction to the Pau Gasol announcement? Oh, man, it, it's a no-brainer. Um, this is somebody who was basically robbing the Kobe's Batman. Uh, Kobe was correct. You know, uh, he doesn't win those championships without him. Another little side note that's interesting, this is the first international player 
whoever have his jersey retired with the Lakers. And uh, so Gasol, he'll be eligible to make it to the Hall of Fame next year. I don't see any way he doesn't make it to Springfield. But the kind of cool thing is that the Lakers are being proactive. Typically, you often see guys make it, get their jerseys retired after they get to the Hall of Fame. No, the Lakers aren't waiting. Pal Gasol deserves it. And he's, he's also was a, an amazing friend for Kobe, um, amazing uncle now to his children. And he's the only player I saw who was traded in the middle of the season that was able to vault a team to the championship level, to, to the NBA Finals. Typically, it takes the next season. Pal Gasol saw three finals, two championships with the Lakers, and uh, forever a star here. Dave, you covered those teams very closely. And to Mark's point, they did go to the finals three times. But that first finals, when they lost, he took a lot of grief from Lakers fans and people around the NBA for the way he played in that series, particularly against Kevin Garnett. But you saw the evolution of Pau and the growth of Pau as well. What was his impact like? Yeah, so think about 2008. They make that run to the finals after he had no playoff success in Memphis prior to that. Then they lose, and he gets beat up by Leon Poe and Kevin Garnett and our guy Kendrick Perkins. He comes back that summer, plays in the Olympics, goes in one of the epic gold medal games of all time. USA beats Spain. Kobe's on USA. Goes to training camp the next year, brings the gold medal, hangs it in Powell's locker <laughs> the first day of training camp to say, uh, you need this. Yeah. You're still missing that. Yeah. You're a step away. Came back, refocused. I think about 2010, the Lakers are down 3-2 coming back to L.A. in the NBA Finals to the Celtics. In game six, uh, he goes up for 17-13-9. Wow. And then in game seven, with it all on the line, 19 and 18 against Kevin Garnett, one of the fiercest competitors of the last era. You love him for that, and then you love him for being humanitarian. I remember when he went on a UNICEF trip to Africa and came back that next year and was telling us about it and telling us about the malnourished children. And he said he had a solution that he would feed the children with. He would dip his finger in it and actually put it in their mouths. And he was tearing up talking about this. Like, this is the stuff that he carries with him. He sees the impact he can have using the NBA platform to try to make the world a better place. Not every person's like that. No. And I think people in the Lakers organization will tell you they miss him just as much for who he is as a person than what he was as a six-time All-Star. Certainly one of the more beloved players in Laker lore for sure. The night of the Jersey retirement, though, that ceremony for Powell, uh, again, will be one of 39 games that the Lakers have on national TV. That's the second highest total of nationally televised games in the NBA. A team that is all the way down uh, to 11th on that list is the Brooklyn Nets, who have just 23 games on national television. So with that, I'm happy to bring in our guy, Nick Friedel, who's hanging out with us here. All right. Good to see you, brother. Always. What were your first impressions of the Nets schedule? They're not a marquee team anymore to the league. George, the NBA told you all you need to know about where the Nets stand in their eyes because the national TV games, especially those Christmas games, those are for the biggest stars. Those are for the players who draw the most and the teams that draw the most interest. And the Nets aren't there. For years and years, it's been LeBron, Steph, KD. Yeah. And KD is nowhere to be found because the league knows that all the uncertainty around that team is a big problem for business. The Nets right now 
are a team that there's just not a lot of long-term intrigue in. It's all about where Kevin lands. Big problem in regards to their business, but it'll keep you busy, that's for sure. And you'll be busier <laughs> oh, yeah. later as well. We'll be hanging out with you a little you bit. Got it. All right, man, Nick Ferdell with us here. Hey, still to come, Trey Young, you know him. Ice Trey joins the show. Are he and DeJounte Murray the best backcourt in the NBA? We'll ask him that. Plus, man, the Joker took on Luka yesterday in a friendly overseas. The highlights, you got to see him, trust me. And upset alert, Sabrina and the Liberty stole home court from the sky. And you got to see how that went down. NBA Today rolls on. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. NBA Today is brought to you by Arby's. Arby's, we have the meats. Four, three, two. It's okay. We'll go again. That's why we fall. We fall to get back up. It's okay. It's okay. Shake it off. Come back. It's not where you start. It's been a big summer for Giannis. His movie dropped in June, and now he's representing his home country in Greece in the FIBA Euro Basketball Championship. It tips off in two weeks. And, of course, our NBA reporter Tim McMahon will be there to cover all the action. We got a taste yesterday when Giannis faced Poland in a friendly. So, Tim, let me ask you this. How stacked are these rosters in the Euros? I mean, you've got multiple MVP candidates that are getting ready to play in Eurobasket. And Nikola Jokic did not play for Serbia last year, and they're trying to qualify for the Olympics. So him coming back to play is obviously a big deal. Same with Giannis in Greece. Luka Doncic has made it clear when Slovenia's national team has games of any sort of importance. He will be there. It is a, you know, Rudy Gobert with France yeah. uh, coming off their silver medal run in the Olympics. It is a stacked field for your e- Even Goran Dragic, uh, unretired to play for the, Slovenia. The return of yeah. Goran Dragic yeah. is a massive deal. <laughs> Slovenia won Eurobasket last right. time when, you know, Luka was just this prospect people were starting right. to buzz about. That's when he kind of elevated himself into 
you know, a, a potential once-in-a-generation prospect, but Slovenia, the defending champs, and that's kind of like Rhode Island winning a national tournament. Right. There's like two million people, basically. Exactly. So, how much pride is taken in these games? Particularly, we saw this matchup between Luka and Jokic with Serbia and Slovenia. Well, I, I think that tells you everything you need to know. You see, this is a packed crowd. This is in Luka Doncic's hometown. Obviously, there's a lot of history between Slovenia and Serbia. Used to play together as part of Yugoslavia. This was a friendly. It's a friendly that Luka and Jokic played into overtime, and they are playing to win. And for a game that really didn't mean anything in terms of standings or World Cup qualifying, I think you could see just watching the game how much it meant to them. Now, how supportive are the Mavs of Luka playing in these games? You know, that's funny because if you remember, Mark Cuban used to rail against Luka. Oh, and, yeah. and it, it, you yeah. know, he hated Dirk playing for Germany for years and years and years. They're never going to fight Luka Doncic on playing for Slovenia. And, and the Mavericks have also realized there's definitely a pretty significant silver lining to him playing in Eurobasket deep into September, basically leading right into training camp. He's not going to report to training camp at 260-plus for the third straight years. They yeah. will get in-game shape Luka Doncic uh, at the start of the season, and certainly that can benefit the Mavericks. Skinny Luka. And when I was here last time, Kendrick Perkins and I said, that'd be a good drink, actually. Give me a skinny Luka bartender. <laughs> All right, let's pivot to the NBA season. Some of the notable games the Mavs schedule uh, on their schedule. They open up with the Suns, obviously in a rematch of last year's conference semis. They'll host the Lakers on Christmas Day. In all, the Mavs will play 30 nationalized, nationally televised games, 14 of those on ESPN or ABC. Now, this hasn't been a great offseason for them. They lose Jalen Brunson. They do get Tim Hardaway Jr. back. What's the outlook from the organizational standpoint? Well, again, when Luka is in shape and in MVP form, the Mavericks are going to be dangerous. But you can't sit here and say, hey, they lost their second-best player for nothing. It's been a good offseason. Their priority going in was to re-sign Jalen Brunson. That did not happen. They decided not to try to get into a bidding war with the Knicks. But as you said, they feel like they can replace that scoring. Tim Hardaway Jr. coming back after missing most of last season, all the playoffs with injuries. And then one of the bigger wild cards in the Western Conference is Christian Wood, the big man that they traded yeah. for from the Houston Rockets. Uh, certainly has proven that he can be productive. This is his chance to prove he can be a winner. How exactly he fits is TBD. Uh, they promised JaVale McGee the starting five job. Do oh, boy. Start Wood at the four. Do you bring him off the bench? There's some things they have to figure out there. But, again, with Hardaway and Wood coming in, they feel like they can at least replace Brunson's scoring. Listen, if Manu Ginobili, who's a Hall of Famer, could come off the bench and be a six-man forever, uh, I, I, Christian Wood, I actually think it'd be in his best interest to come off the bench, personally. There are certainly a lot of people around the league who see Christian Wood's role on a playoff team as a bench score. Um, now, Christian Wood in a contract year uh, who, you know, s believes he has put up star type of numbers, sees himself as that type of player, you know, maybe Jason Kidd will have you come in and help make that sell. Uh, Jay Kidd, I got you. I I'll help you out. Listen, you can put up big numbers as a six-man. Look at Tyler Hero this past year. So, Tim, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate, Appreciate you. It. Hey, coming up next, Sabrina Ionescu and the Liberty took care of business with an upset in game one. Our Christine Williamson will stop by. We'll talk some WNBA next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Yeah. Welcome to the main event. We just had to let everybody know that we were here tonight. Ain't ducking, no smoke. I just was turned up. Let's get ready to rumble. Let's get Three ready pointer. to rumble. Three-pointer. Get some contact. Got it. Somebody you know comes towards you, ain't no can't back down. That's how we play. And the, oh my goodness! Thompson fakes, fires, three-pointer, time! Freaking fun. Battered and bloodied. Who's cascading down? Oh! Let's get ready to rumble! I wish you could have seen the audible laugh of this crew when Clay Thompson said what he said there. Welcome back to NBA Today. I'm George Sedano in from Malika Andrews. It's time for our reporters roundtable. Three pressing questions with Dave McMiniman, Mark Spears, and Nick Friedel. All right, we'll start with you, Dave. What is the thing you are questioning the most as we head into this season? Well, viewers who paid attention to the start of the show <laughs> will already know my answer. Can the Lakers trade Russell Westbrook? Can they find a trade partner that can get them pieces that can help them compete with LeBron James and Anthony Davis in this moment to get them back towards championship contender status? Whether that be a star like Kyrie Irving, whether that be a role player package like you know, Buddy Heald and, and um, you know, Miles Turner in Indiana, or perhaps they get in on the fire sale that Utah has going on right now and get a whole heap of players they can plug in around those two guys. That's my biggest question. You know what? I'm going to leave the net stuff to him. Because <laughs> that seems to be the obvious place, so right? By yeah. default, I'm yeah. going to leave it to Nick. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns. Okay. Like, because there hasn't been much talk about their collapse and how, how crazy it was and how disappointing it was. This was a... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I had that conversation with Tim McMahon before the, before the show today. Okay. It was... Uh, I'll give you a quick story. Yeah. My daughter's birthday was that day. I'm racing home to get to the start of that game. I turn it on the radio. Mark Kestershire on ESPN Radio and PJ yeah. Carlos and Mark calling the game. All of a sudden, it's like 20 to 4 or something crazy like that. I'm like, oh, I should just slow down. This, this game's not going to be so fun. Yeah, yeah. And... and now, what is it going to be like this upcoming season, right? Uh, everybody has their contract. Everybody has their money. There's no excuse contractually, not even with the coach. The right. coach is re-up. And I, I just want to see if, you know, there's some hangover from Aiton. Yeah. That, to me, is the biggest key. Yeah, like, yeah. but he, he's paid now. He's there. The dust is settled. He went to Bahamas. But come on. The, he, I mean, I'll ask you guys all this question. Yeah. I'd love to. I mean, yes, he's paid. The dust is. Is the dust really settled, though? Well, that's the question. Okay. That's what I want to see. Is, okay. Has the dust settled with him? Has okay. he let it go? Um, 
ultimately, that's uh, first world problems. <laughs> so, uh, I think he'll be okay. And 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 the Suns have rolled the dice in terms of he, he could get out a year earlier as well. Nick Friedel, uh, we all know where's Waldo. Where's Kevin Durant going to be, I guess, is the question you'll be documenting all season. It's the biggest question in the league. Where does he land? Do they try to run it back? Do they try to make that happen? What kind of complete misery will media day be and training camp and the questions every day about, well, Kevin, do you really want to be here? Where do you want to go? That is the question. And that is the big domino that everybody's waiting on. But as far as the Nets are concerned, every other decision points back to whatever happens with Kevin Durant. All right, you guys have been very negative to start this particular segment. Let's get to some positivity. What are you sure most positive? I mean, maybe. We'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. You, right. Your answers will determine that. What are you most looking forward to? I'll stick in Brooklyn and say I want to see what happens with Ben Simmons. Because oh. we saw what kind of player he can be when he's at his best, when he feels good here, and he feels good physically. But can that player reappear with the Nets, whether or not Kevin Durant is going to be there or not? Whatever happens with Simmons will go a long way towards whatever type of team the Nets are going to be this season. I talked to Terrence Mann in the offseason. He believes the Clippers are going to win the championship. There's a lot of Clippers buzz, a lot of Clippers talk. You know, you saw just so the summer runs. I need some Kawhi Leonard summer, summer runs film. I want to see how he is. <laughs> I want to see how healthy he is. Because all this Clippers talk starts and ends with Kawhi Leonard. And if, and if he's healthy, this team is special. But how many games is it going to be? You know, how many games is he going to rest? I, I, I'm curious about Kawhi Leonard. I think that video is in a vault somewhere. Yeah. And uh, only uh, Lawrence Frank and them can see that. Paul George says that Kawhi is already in midseason form. Okay. Oh, okay. I just want to see video. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, but but my thing I'm looking forward to is also answering the question that Mark had. Is uh, I think the Suns are going to be really good. They're yeah. 64 team mm -hmm. win, uh, 64 win team last year. You re up Monty Williams. Monty Williams is not going to allow this team to slip from the precipice that they are nearly summiting. Mm -hmm. He has their hearts and their minds, and he has the leadership holds that whole team accountable. It's not just the coaching staff doing it. It's Chris Paul being a brother's keeper for Devin Booker, Devin Booker being the brother's keeper for Mikel Bridges, on and on and on down that roster. And listen, they made some marginal moves. Josh Okogie I like, mm -hmm. Damian Lee this offseason. And they will have the taste of that Game 7 loss to the Dallas Mavericks in, in their mouth all summer long as they put in that extra rep or get up that extra shot. I think the Suns are still a major problem for the league. I'll tell you a funny story. I'm pretty sure Chris Paul told me that Josh Okogie was on his AAU team at one that? point many, many years oh. ago, which is pretty cool. All right, biggest surprise, Dave. What will be the biggest surprise? Well, Jimmy Butler's hair, right? Oh, oh, that that doesn't count? No. I, I mean, I was stunned <laughs> when I saw that video. Uh, no, I think the Pelicans. Yeah. I think the Pelicans like will be competing to host a first-round playoff series this upcoming Ooh. year. We saw them with Willie okay. Green and Guinness just completely go on this tear and almost beat the Suns in the first round last year. You add in Zion if he's healthy. Obviously, Brandon Ingram. We love the rest of that roster as well. A lot of young talent getting better day by day. I like the Pelicans. Uh-oh. You're slamming your fist on the table. Sacramento Kings, baby. Oh, oh here oh, we go. Mark Jones. Where's Mark Jones at? Let's Mark go. Jones the is Vikings, clapping. The Vikings, Vikings are the Kings. Let's go. Mark Jones is clapping. They got a, they got a national televised game. Sacramento the Kings Houston going Rockets. to the playoffs. Wow. ESPN the in Sacramento. Yeah, Golden One Center. Y'all don't even know the name of the arena. I'm telling I don't. you, it's Golden One Center. But I may be there, so I'll have to learn it. So. The Sacramento Kings are going to break the curse. 
Keegan Murray's going to be rookie of the year. He's good. De'Aaron Fox will be in shape this time. Yeah. Sabonis <laughs> so will be wow. like, let's go, Sacramento. Oh, man. I think far too many people are sleeping on the Milwaukee Bucks, guys. I know that's not a big surprise. Surprise? Oh, no, they're sleeping. No, 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 no. no. That's, that's not even where I'm going. Oh, there are too man. many people that are sleeping on the Bucks. The Bucks who, are going to win it people? all. Show me these people. Where are they sleeping? These people, people are saying the Celtics and, oh, man. This is a straw man if, argument for now. No, no, no. But aside from that, the real surprise is yeah. my Orlando pride is shining through. Okay. And okay. after a yeah, decade of irrelevance, yeah. the surprise, Magic man. are headed to the play Oh, the play they're going to get to the play and they're going to find a way to make something happen. Okay. So, Bancaro, that whole group, okay. I think they can do right. something. Okay, all right, fair enough. Play. All right, gentlemen. Oh, you, you, you wetting him right there? You, no, I was just saying play. Oh, okay. I like it. I like it. <laughs> We're right, talking about the play. Thank you so much, <laughs> gentlemen. All right, coming up here on NBA Today, the WMA playoffs are underway. Find out which team pulled the upset and why a coach is not a fan of this particular format they've got going on. Stick around. I've never seen anything like this. Unbelievable fans getting doused here. Look at this scene, and they can't turn it off. Wow, that's pretty insane. Welcome back to NBA Today. I'm George Sedano, back here with the guys, Nick Friedel, Mark Spears, and Tim McMahon. All right, guys, the Alamo Dome is back in the NBA for one night and one night only. They're going to be uh, hosting a game between the Spurs and the Warriors on January 13th. So, we're going to go back in time and do a little top of the top Alamo Dome style. Let's go. Let's kick it off. First one we've got here. Skywalker, 1995 Spurs Ooh. hosting the Lakers. Look and look stops. at that. Sean Elliott. Come on now. I'm Vladi Divac. Eyes above the rim. You know you're getting old when your highlights are in standard death. <laughs> you know you're getting old with Sean Elliott dunking like that. Yeah. <laughs> what was Vlade doing? Not playing defense, that's uh, for sure. Uh, All right. Rep break. Top yeah. combo here. Akeem the Dream in the 1995 playoffs. Let's take a look at this move. Oh, Come on. Oh, he's setting him up. Come on. Oh, 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 my God. Hey, this is disrespectful to David Robinson. We cannot celebrate the Alamo Dome. Right. Show him getting humiliated. But yeah. this is the moment when you realize David Robinson was human. Yes. Yeah. That was impressive by the Dream there. All right. Shakes MVP. Several times. We're not done, unfortunately, with the Admiral. The Admiral oh, is going to have oh, beef with us for sure. Uh, punishment here. Shaquille O'Neal. Best moment. On the Admiral. <laughs> And uh, should have signed that autograph. Yeah. Come on. You should have signed that autograph. Yeah. San Antonio Cole High School on your head. Look at Dale Harris. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Jesus Christ. This makes me cry as a former Why are you doing it? I thought this was top moments for Spurs. Okay, we're getting there. I mean, top moments top for the hate. Alamo Dome. Top hate. Okay. Now, this is the one. Holiday Miracle. We okay. know what this is all this about. Is More Sean Elliott for you here. Spurs down three. Elliott calls for the ball. Jimmy Jackson, play better defense on the out of bounds. And he nails it. 
And somewhere, producer Bodmer's watching this and not thrilled. Come on, Jimmy. Get your hands up, Jimmy. Look at those tippy toes. Look at those tippy toes. Oh, my goodness. That's the that's the opposite of the Max Struess play. No, Max Struess did not touch the end line. Yeah. All right. We'll get to that in a second. Calm down, Miami. All right. We'll get to that. South Beach coming through for sure. So, anyway, just a lot of stuff. But before we before we move on here, I do want to take a quick moment to shout out one of our producers. I mentioned producer Bodmer, who was probably not thrilled over that Portland situation. But Caesar Mamba Fernandez, happy birthday, 29th birthday to our guy. Hey, real quick, if you're watching us on ESPN, tune us in on ESPN2. Literally World Series is coming up next on ESPN. All right, welcome back here to NBA Today. Coming up next, the WNBA playoffs are in full swing. We will talk to our friend Christine Williamson here on ESPN2 as we dig into the Liberty's upset against the sky. Welcome back to NBA Today. As you heard the big voice say, welcome back to NBA Today. I'm George Sedano, and now are joined by our host of the WNBA Countdown, my pal Christine Williamson. Right, thanks for joining us, Christine. Good to see you again. Thank you so much for having me, George. It's great to be here with you, of course. Yes. All right, let's get right into the game last night, which is what everybody's talking about, Liberty and Sky. All right. There you see the Sky, the defending champs huddling up. There's Candace, her coach. James Wade, who we'll get to in a second. He was not thrilled. Prior to the game, he talked about the new playoff format. Says you always want the deciding game, if there's a game three, to be at the higher seeds home. I'm not a fan of it at all. I don't think any of the coaches are. Yeah, and the thing that's crazy, it's almost as if he had a foreshadow into this matchup because he went into this one as the higher seed and things did not work in their favor. Yeah, here's Johannes right there to Howard. The no look, so nice, we'll see it twice. Over the head, too. She said that she was really inspired by Steve Nash growing up. She had seven assists in this matchup, so she really came out and dished that ball. And here's where Sabrina takes over. Here's the three. Nothing but net. I mean, we obviously expected this from Sabrina Ionescu when she went into the league. We haven't really seen it because she's dealt with some injuries throughout her career so far. This is her third season. She's finally hitting her stride. She had tw over 20 Five and five last night, which is the first time that they've ever had that in Liberty postseason history. So she absolutely balled. Nails the mid-range there, and the run is on. A 9-0 run for the Liberty. And then check out Laney with the footwork and the step back. Bam. You know, this team really reminds me of the Memphis Grizzlies. They went out against the defending champion Sky, and they had absolutely no fear, right? They go into this one, they said, why not us? Uh, and like I said, they just come out and they just don't care who they're playing and they were able to get that win. And the Liberty end on a 13-0 run, the third largest run comeback in WNBA history there. So look, that one was obviously one to remember, Christine. Who stood out to you in that pivotal game? Okay, we didn't see her in the highlight, but Stephanie Dolson absolutely went off for her team. Now, Stephanie Dolson was on the championship Sky team last season, so she went into this matchup, and she said she kind of knew and understood what the Sky were going to give her. But the thing that I liked that she said about going into the postseason as the Liberty is that last season, when she played for the Sky, they didn't have a winning record in the regular season. So as the Liberty went into this postseason, she said that she saw her Sky team do it all last year. And so she knew going into the postseason for her team, 
in this year, she could get it done. Now, she held Candace Parker to four of 10 shooting. That is the veteran, right? She also made every single uncontested shot that she had. She went three for three from the three-point line. So Stephanie Dolson really came out and showed out for the Liberty. And you see a frustrated Candace Parker in that highlight there as well. Obviously, we talked about Coach James Wade and his mm -hmm. issues with the playoff structure. How do you see this series playing out now that the defending champs are down 0-1? Okay, so I th obviously it's going to go to three games, right? The last game is going to be in Barclays Center in New York. I, I find it very interesting, honestly, the fact that the Liberty were able to take game one away from the Sky. It'll be interesting to see. I don't think the Sky are going to let the Liberty take the entire series, but I also don't want to be on national television because Sabrina <laughs> said people always count yeah. us out. I'm not going to be the one that's giving them bulletin board material in this situation. I do think that if there's going to be an upset in the first round, it can definitely, definitely be the Liberty upsetting the sky but it's obviously going to go to three games we're going to be in new york for the final game um i just think it'll be interesting to watch it play out yeah absolutely and look they may have arguably no disrespect to anyone the best player on the floor in sabrina unescu so we'll see speaking of 100%. great players elena de don took to instagram saying quote there were moments when i didn't think i'd be here i'm so grateful to be back in the playoffs tomorrow with my teammates with the mystics set to take on the storm tonight what matchup are you most looking forward to here Welcome back to NBA Today. I'm here with our man, Nick Friedel. We're lucky to have our ESPN betting analyst, Tyler Fulgham, here on the show. Tyler, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, happy to be here, baby. Let's do it. All right, let's go. The NBA schedule was released yesterday, so we wanted to check out some of the opening night lines. Let's take a look here at some of the odds provided by Caesars Sportsbook for the season openers. Celtics, five-point favorites at home against the Sixers, while the Warriors are six-point favorites against LeBron and the Lakers. So after seeing that, what pick do you like for opening night between those two matchups? If I had to pick one of the favorites to lay it with, I'd lay it with the Warriors. Oh. I know LeBron just re-signed with the uh, L.A. Lakers, but it's a still wait and see if they can be any better than they were last year. Even when A.D., LeBron, and Russ were healthy together, they're like a 500 team, I think 11-11. and 11. And we know the Warriors just coming off a championship, all those young guys getting run in the summer league, getting better. I think it's a dangerous spot for the Celtics against the Sixers. Five is kind of that key number. I trust Philadelphia a little more than I trust L.A., so I would lean Sixers as the dog I would take. If I'm taking a favorite, I'm laying the six with the Warriors. All right, so look, Nick and I want to run some bets by you. I have a feeling I know how you're going to feel about mine in a little bit, but let's start with Nick. What do you got? Well, I know how Tyler's going to feel about mine. I am taking the <laughs> Lakers, guys, because I just don't believe on ring night that everybody can get their emotions in check, so give me the yeah. Lakers and the points, and then give me the Celtics at home honoring Bill Ooh. Russell on opening night with the points. Well, real quick, Tyler, I also have the Lakers because of the, I, I've been to a lot of these ring nights, and the emotions are high, and sometimes those home teams come out flat in those situations, and AD, when healthy, has been a terror for the Warriors, so that, that's why I'm leaning Lakers in that situation. What do you think? I like 
I like the Lakers to jump out early because of those emotions. Ooh, but okay. we know how dominant Golden State is third quarter yeah. uh, when they turn that turn that stuff on, you know, after coming out of the break. And we know how great they are at Chase Center. Like, from what we saw last year with that Lakers team, I'm kind of predicting they jump out early, maybe first to 10, first to 20. Then in the second half, third quarter especially, Steph, Clay, Dre, turn it on and uh, shut them out. All right, so I'm looking here. Tyler says take Lakers first half, basically. All there right. you go. There we go. There right. you go. And before we let you go, uh, I know you got some locks for the win totals for this season. Since the schedule was released yesterday, uh, the Jazz have gone from a 32-and-a-half win total yeah. down to 30-and-a-half. With that being said, what are the teams that you're placing wagers on? Yeah, shop around and see if you can find 31, 32 and a half with the Jazz, but I'm under. I think they're going to slip to the bottom of the Western Conference. We know Rudy Gobert is gone. We know Joe Ingles is gone. We know Quinn Snyder is gone. We'll see. Maybe Nick can shine some light on it if Donovan Mitchell is gone, but we know those talks have resurfaced with the uh, Knicks. The team that I think at the bottom of the West that could make a move up is the Thunder. They won 24 games last year. Their number this year is 26 and a half. Adding Chet Holmgren, getting a second year of Pokashevsky and Josh Giddy, who is a stud, getting say Gildas Alexander and Lou Dort back, who missed a combined 57 games last year. It's a pretty decent starting five. And it's a varied and versatile starting five in terms of their skill set. So I think the Thunder are closer to a 30 to 33 win team than a team that finishes near the the bottom of the league again. I like them to go over 26 and a half. I, I love the Thunder pick because I think that most teams are going to go into that situation and be like, oh, this is going to be an easy one. And then they're going to win some in those scenarios. Now, with the Jazz, though, the one thing I know about Danny Ainge is that he does not like to lose a deal, okay? So there is a real possibility <laughs> that Donovan Mitchell is on this roster for a while. Does that change your opinion at all? A little bit. That's kind of the hedge to see if you can find those 31, 32s. But how happy will he be if he's there? Will Donovan Mitchell really be going all out without his guy Rudy? Oh, well, not his guy Rudy Gobert. Without <laughs> Rudy Gobert there and his defense. Without Joe Ingles, who's closer to his guy. Mike Conley's getting older. Quinn Snyder, the coach that he has known his entire career. When we see superstars demand trades, usually they get trades. And I think Donovan is got one foot out the door of Utah rather than trying to help them rebuild. Let the record show, guys, I wouldn't touch either one of these because the tanks are out in both places. Oh, still, uh, and I'm not going near any fair. team that is still tanking to make sure their draft positioning is okay. Yeah, well, I mean, does the tank play into effect here? Because at the end of the season, right, that, oh, could, yeah. that could play a factor, Tyler. What do you think? Well, yeah, oh, Nick, why do you think the Thunder are tanking? Didn't they get the guy they wanted? Didn't they get the Chet Holmgren? Aren't they ready to see if this group can win now? It's still not enough. Sam Presti's playing the long game, Tyler. And they are going to be ready to lose at the end of that year, at the end of whatever's coming with that build. Tyler, he owns, like, everybody's picks for the next 37 <laughs> years. So, I mean, He's got know. the Monopoly board <laughs> right, out. He really does. He's got <laughs> Boardwalk Park Place. That's He's right. even got the little purple ones you don't want. He's got all that <laughs> stuff. There's so. only 15 spots on a roster. He can't use all of them as Thunder players. He's got to get rid of some of them. Tyler Fulgham, thank you so much for joining us, brother. Appreciate you. No problem. All right. Speaking of hovering uh, heels, as we talked about earlier with uh, the San Antonio Spurs and that Sean Elliott highlight we had earlier, the Heat aren't playing on Christmas Day this year. And you know what? They're not thrilled about it. So they're sh- check out this t- tweet they put out. Or it might have been on Instagram, actually. No, it was a Twitter. They're showing the Max Drews bucket that I contend is still very controversial. And they said, quote, guess we're this close to getting a Christmas Day game. 
They are, however, playing in Mexico City, the only game being played in Mexico City this year against the Spurs. So we brought it all together. So there you have it. So what, what do you make of uh, the Heat's pettiness? I love it personally. Oh, oh they know. Yeah. They know they're not getting the respect. And guess who else knows? Jimmy Butler. He will make it a point to show them that they can still be the title contender that everybody doesn't think they can do this season. You know what's interesting to me about them before we go is, you know, Tyler Hero was asked about this, about, hey, you know, you've been dangled in trades or whatnot. And to his credit, we've talked about his growth and his maturity, right? He said, look, I'm going to just ball out. I'm going to play my game. I'm trying to grow my game individually. I'll help whatever team I'm on. If it's this team or any team, I'm helping to try to win. I mean, here's a kid that, look, we got on him, uh, you know, after the bubble mm -hmm. season. He seems to be maturing in front of our eyes. He is, but he's got to play defense. And, George, that's the problem. In those playoff games, you could count on him sometimes to score, but you couldn't always count on him to play on the other side. He's got to develop. Riley talked about it. If he can and he stays, he can really help push them through, maybe. Yeah, and look, defense is a learned attribute. I remember Chris Bosh, when he arrived in Miami, was not the greatest defender in the world. And then he literally became the best pick-and-roll defender in, in, in the NBA at the time. So it could happen. And we'll see Bams playing in those pro-am shooting threes. I mean, who's, we'll see what that Kyle Lowry, like. can you give us a little bit more at some point? He will. He's in good shape. He's going to be in good shape. So there we we'll go. See. All right, before we're out of here, one more shout-out again to our researcher and uh, expert, Cesar Mamba Fernandez. Happy 29th birthday. Thanks to Nick. Thanks to Tim. Thanks to Bam McMahon. Thanks to Dave. Thank you guys for tuning in. Check out the NBA Today podcast.